God wants to give you the deep things of God. There are levels of revelation that God wants to bring unto us, but he's not going to just throw his pearls to the swine. He tells us not to. He's not going to do what he tells us not to do. So are you willing to go deeper in him and with him and in his word? Because there are deeper things he wants to reveal to us, all of us. is out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have you have perfected praise right we know that scripture out of the mouths of babes right and nursing infants God has perfected praise this is something that Jesus prophesied because it was already spoken in the in the Old Testament so in the book of Psalms Psalms chapter 8 was actually already spoken so it's it's being spoken again being prophesied but you know what in that story in Matthew 21 this is right on the heels of Jesus overturning the tables because of the, because of the, the uh, selling of things and, and just basically greed, right, in their hearts and just, and, and wanting, um, and basically turning the house of God, which is a house of prayer, into a den of thieves. Okay, so Jesus comes in on the scene and literally over, overturns the tables and then he heals the lame and he heals those people that were right there. Well, guess what? The children were there too. The children started to praise God. They started to praise Jesus. They, Jesus just overturned the tables. The children were there. Lame were there. Sick were there. Jesus heals them. And the children starts to say, the children start to say, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna. And the priests and the scribes that were there grew indignant. Not because Jesus overturned the tables, but because these little children were praising God because God, Jesus, was healing those people that were sick. They were indignant because of the power of God. They were indignant because somebody was praising God. They will be indignant when you go back and say, I got to tell you what happened today. Oh my goodness, it was so incredible. This happened and this happened and this happened. And they just look at you. And that's, remember, they were the priests and the scribes, people that should have knew better. But they had a religious spirit, so they couldn't see the power of God because they were stuck with the blindness that they've chosen themselves. They chose blindness. When you don't choose Christ, you choose blindness. God's still there for you. He wants to draw you in, but you've got to be willing. You've got to let go of the pride. So in their own prideful state, the priests and the scribes, they allowed a spirit of indignation to rob them of what they too could have done. So what did, what did the children do? Jesus said, forbid not the children to come unto me. Right? So he was affirming what those children were doing. And he says, unless you come as a child... And that's what he's calling all of us to do, is to come with childlike faith. Come as a child. Have childlike faith. Stop allowing everybody and their brother and all of their reasons as to why this should not be to plague you. 
What do you mean this should not be? Is it not of the Bible? Is it not in the Bible? Do you not see it throughout the word of God? Have you opened your Bible and do you read it? Because when you do, you see that Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, we serve a God who heals. We serve a God who saves. We serve a God who delivers. Salvation is the whole thing. Salvation is not just your eternal salvation of sin so that you're in heaven. But salvation is that word. means saved, healed, and delivered, right? Completely, all of it. So it was their praise, the kids' praise, that caused indignation, that caused them to be so frustrated because, you know why? Because they wanted the attention. They wanted the focus. They wanted, because a religious person is going to want all eyes on them. They want the accolades. They want the affirmation. But I'll tell you something. That's pride. And God says, I'm not going to share my glory with another. Even in this church, with the, we get so many people that get healed, saved, and delivered all the time. We do not steal God's glory. We are always giving God the glory at all times. Even God bless them. Sometimes people don't know, but they'll, they'll come up and they'll say, you healed them, you know, and they're like, you know, they're pointing to me as if I was the one that literally healed them. It's like, no, God healed you. He works through people, yes, but it, God is the healer. We are not. We are vessels that God uses and works through but we won't let the glory be stolen from our heavenly father. That's where it belongs. He is the healer. Jehovah Rapha is his name. But yes, he works through people. Absolutely. But God still gets the glory, right? So, but sometimes people just don't know. They don't know. They don't mean anything by it. But there are those that do know. And there are those that want that credit. Oh, when you're in that place where you want the credit, it's a bad place to be. It's a place where we need to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I want to walk in the humility of God. And it's better for us to humble ourselves than wait for God to do it, right? True success is measured by our knowledge and our understanding of the Lord. I want to read to you what it says in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, saith the Lord. So let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. In other words, his intelligence. Don't glory in your intelligence. It's okay to have intelligence. It's good. Say it's a good thing. But you're not going to glory in it. Don't glory in your might, which means power. You have power, but it's been given to you from God. Everything that you have, everything has been given to us from our Heavenly Father. If he didn't give it to us, we wouldn't have it. So why would you think that you could glorify or take credit for something that was given to you? So let the wise man not glory in his wisdom, his intelligence. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, his power. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, his money, his wealth. Sometimes people glory in, oh, and you guys know them too. They glory in their wealth because they worked for it. And they go, well, I did work for that one. 
That was my sweat. That was my work. I did that. Oh, no. Because if you, could, if you didn't have air in your lungs and if you, didn't have, if you couldn't stand up and walk, you would do nothing. Nothing at all. Everything comes from the hand of God. He is the breath in your lungs, and he gives you the ability to get up and to move and get going and do what you got to do. And he says, and I want to bless you. That's the thing. He wants to bless in every way, but he wants to make sure that our hearts stay loyal to him first and foremost, right? In and through the blessing, right? Wealth is not a bad word. Say, wealth is not bad. If you have wealth, which you all should have wealth because he wants you to be abundantly blessed. If you have wealth... God wants you to be a kingdom advancer. He wants you to bless the kingdom. He wants you to help build churches and ministries that are literally moving the heart of God and saving people. So there's a purpose for wealth, but it's not just so that you can stockpile it all. Right? Some people think it's about the stockpiling, but that's not, that's not it. Say, that's not it. So let the rich man... It says, let him not glory in his riches, but let him who glory, glories, uh, glory in this... That, look, look at what this word says. is right in verse 24, if you have your Bibles. That he understands and knows me. I want to stop right there. Because it says, let him. Because he's saying, I want you to glorify. I want you to glorify something. I want you to let him who glories, glory in this. That he understands and knows me. Oh, that's so powerful right there. That he understands and that he knows me. We want to know and understand and encounter God. And we want to let, we want to let him encounter us. When we allow him to encounter us, we become the becoming one. He comes upon us. It's his radiance that literally starts to overshadow us and we literally resemble him more and more in word in speech in emotion in everything our dreams our desires everything we just got done with our conference last week and wow what a beautiful time what an amazing powerful time we had you know what we we know what happened is what we have here twice a week the house of glory we just we were able to bring it on a bigger scale we were, we were able to bring it on a bigger scale and have all those people experience what God is doing here all the time. Don't ever take it for granted. Don't take for granted what God does in and through your own life. Not just here, but what about in your own personal time, in your own personal reading? What about when God speaks that, that rhema word and you're just in your, you're in the word, the Bible, you're in it, and that rhema word jumps off the page. Well, that is something that God is not only speaking to you, but he wants it to produce what? Fruit. Our lives are to produce fruit. If we're going to know him and understand him and be encountered by him, and that's what God says, let him who glories, glory in this, that you know that you understand me. Well, if you know and you have this incredible, you know, walk with him, don't you think God wants you to share that so that other people are also excited? Look at the story I first gave, the testimony of Giovanna. Like, she just used her testimony. She used what she's been through, and she did so under the unction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told her, go here, speak up, do this, and there was good fruit. Sometimes you'll do that, and you know God spoke to you, and you don't see the fruit. Does that mean that there's no fruit? No, because sometimes, you know what? You were the messenger, and you were, supposed to go and, you were supposed to go and speak, right? Somebody has to plant. 
somebody else has to water, right? But God gives the increase. God gives the increase. So even if you don't necessarily see it on your watch, doesn't mean that nothing happened, right? Amen. The rest of verse 24, that he understands and knows me. He's saying we are to glory in this. You are to glory. You are to glory. In other words, find your rejoicing in that you understand and know him. That I am the Lord exercising loving kindness and judgment and justice or righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, saith the Lord. Praise God. So to know God is to encounter him. 2 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, so when someone turns their heart to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Before they turned their heart to the Lord, there was a veil. But when we turn to the Lord, and we turn because the Holy Spirit's drawing us, right? The veil is removed. The veil is taken away. That film, that which limited your ability to see, is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. God brings freedom where the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. freedom. But we all, with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image. You're being transformed into the same image, not a different image, the same image. And it says from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You're being transformed because you say, I encounter you, Lord, you encounter me. I want to know you more. I want to understand. I want to understand your ways. I want to walk in sync with the Holy Spirit. Transform me. The veil was removed a long time ago, but the Spirit of the Lord is here and the freedom of God is with me. I am being beheld as I behold. Hold. works both ways it works both ways so you're being beheld but you're also beholding because what you behold you become what you behold what you gaze upon you become that's why the first testimony of her of her um, experiencing the the boldness well she's in a place that God has done tremend a tremendous work of bringing forth boldness. You guys know that I used to be extremely timid, shy and quiet, and would never speak if it was more than two people. Two. And now we have conferences with hundreds and hundreds of people, and God has me bold, telling them to leave if they don't like what I'm saying. I mean, really, God? Yes. I'm like, wow. You know? But you know what? Only under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And so guess what happens? When you really know that you're loved by God and when you have so fallen in love with him because you know your need for him and how he saved you and set you free, when you've seen his hand at work in the lives of your own family, your children, your spouse, you know, people that are close to you, and you have tasted and seen how good God is, it's not just a head knowledge. It's not just something that you can theologically understand and then go and f go forth and repeat it. That's good, but that's not enough. It's not enough. You have to encounter God and let him encounter you. And when that happens is you really do become changed into his image from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from breakthrough to breakthrough, amen? You become on fire. You become everything God calls you to be from the very beginning of time. And every area that the enemy tried to rob you, and that's what he does, 
from a youth, you guys can look back in your own life and you can say, wow, I remember at this point in my life, things shifted. They turned for the worse. Like it wasn't, I was on the right track for some of you. I, you know, you all know your own story. And then there was something that happened. And wow, from that moment on, I was never the same. I was robbed. And for many of you, you lived lives. I got the goosebumps right now because we lived lives just literally robbed you know, of what God wanted for us because the accuser of the brethren, Satan, the devil himself, actually found a way in. And he thought he won. He thought he won until God. Say, but God. My healer, my deliverer, right? The redeemer. Our redeemer. When he found us, because not that he found us, we were lost. We were lost. Never, not, never lost to him. When he called us and when we said yes to him. Everything changed, and eventually you started to see the change. So everything changed spiritually and positionally, but then you started to see the change. And then all of a sudden you started to see the healing that took place within you, the boldness that took place within you, the authority that took place within you, the gifts, the callings that God wanted you to walk in all of those years, but either you weren't ready, it was a time, whatever the case may be, but yet it's now. Say it's now. And now is the day of salvation. That's what the word says. Today is the day of salvation, right? The today is the day of salvation. And so what the Lord is saying is that I want you to glory in this. Back to Jeremiah. I want you to glory not in what you've accomplished. We all have accomplishments. Thank you, Lord. He gives us the ability to accomplish things. Accomplishing things are good, but not when they have your heart right? Not when we glory in those things, right? And so he's saying, I want you to glory in this. Go back to Jeremiah 9. He said, I want you to glory in this. Glory in the fact that you are known by me, that you are encountering me. No, glory in this that you're mine. Glory in this that I'm yours. Glory in this that I want to do great, great things in your life. The Bible says there are great and precious promises that God wants you to walk in great and precious promises, right? And he wants us to walk in them. He wants, as believers in the Lord, he wants us to walk in them. He wants us to, to, to be able to give those out, whether they be in word or in deed, right? He wants us to give those out to people that we meet because the world needs to see that, that the church is joyful. The world needs to see that the church has hope. It's true. The world needs to see that the church has vision, has has a future vision. We're not stuck. We're not sitting there wringing our hands going, what are we going to do next? The world is going to hell in a handbasket. What are we going to do next? Of course, that's the assignment of the enemy. There is a literal place called hell as there is a literal place called heaven, of course. But we're not sitting here worried going, oh my gosh, when is Jesus going to show up? Oh my goodness. Let me tell you, he says, I've already, I have dominion over that and I've given it to you. Luke 10, 19, he says, I've already given it to you. All of it. Dominion. You have authority, you have power over snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And the Bible says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. When you've been tested by the fire and you've gone through the fire and you're still standing, but I'm not just barely standing. I'm standing stronger than ever before. And so are you. It's not about me. It's about what God does. And it's not about you. It's about what God does through us. But he is doing something. God is so faithful. You are faithful, Lord. So faithful. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians in chapter 2, in verse 
9. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us. Say, God has revealed them to me, though, through his spirit. So in reality, you're not blinded to anything. You're not in the need to know about anything. Everything you need to know, you will know through the spirit of God. But God has revealed, look at verse 10. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. You have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know. This is all about knowing him inwardly, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. There are things that have been freely given to us by God. And God wants you to know them. He wants you to know his loving kindness. He wants you to know. He wants you to know his steadfast love. He wants you to know. He wants you to know that his forgiveness is for you at every single moment. All you have to do is say, Father, forgive me. I messed up. He wants you to know that he not only forgives, but he cleanses. He wants you to know that he has a future that is good, not of evil, not of calamity. He has a future for you that is good. He wants you to know that he didn't just save you so that you can just sit there and be discouraged and feel hopeless and helpless and unuseful. He says, I have a good plan for you. And that plan does not just involve you and your family. It involves much, much more, many, many more people. I want to use you, but I want you to know me. And he says, I haven't withheld my ability to reveal myself to you. I'm going to reread that line because sometimes people go, well, they get stuck on the first part of this where it says, no, no, I has seen, no ear have heard, and almost as an excuse to stop right there. Well, no, I has seen, so don't even try. Well, no ear has, you know, heard, so, you know, we can't understand everything because God is God. I know you've heard that expression. Well, God is God, so we can't expect to understand everything that the Lord is doing. Well, if you just keep reading with me, just keep reading. Verse 10, I'm going to reread it. It says, for God, but, do you guys see the but? Do you see the B-U-T right there? But God, but God. So he's saying, okay, we're going this way. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, but. But is like turn around because actually there's something else I'm going to say that's exactly the opposite. And he says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Everything you need to know, God is revealed by his spirit. You should not be in the dark if there is ever a time that you do not know what god is doing and there are times that is the time that you make sure you dig deeper in the word and with the spirit of god because he wants to reveal himself to you by the spirit he will reveal himself to you we are partakers we are joint heirs we're not slaves he calls you friend. If you're in a relationship with someone, is it a one-way street? Are they the only ones talking? Some of us have had those relationships in the past, right? 
where it was like it was all about them. And then God at one point in time said, okay, that's time to turn these tables around because they're all they're doing is sucking the life out of you and you've done your part, you've done your what I called you to do. Now we need to remove you from that. Well, God, is that's not the kind of relationship that God has with us. He says, as I speak, I want you to hear, I want you to respond. When you speak, I hear and I'm responding to you. It's a, it's a friendship, right? And so God is not trying to keep things from you. That's my point. He's not trying to withhold his truth from you. But what we're going to receive it through his spirit. So we're not going to receive everything. We're not going to receive it through works of the flesh. We're not going to receive it through rationalizing everything and making sure it all has common sense. Nothing wrong with common sense. But God wants you to dig deep into who he is by the spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, even the deep things of God. So that means we could have what's on the surface level. You can have what's obvious. You could take things that you know, face value, you could take things, but God wants to give you the deep things of God. There are levels of revelation that God wants to bring unto us, but he's not going to just throw his pearls to the swine. He tells us not to. He's not going to do what he tells us not to do. So are you willing to go deeper in him and with him and in his word? Because there are deeper things he wants to reveal to us, all of us. I want that. I want the deeper things of God revealed. I want to walk in more. It's not because God's trying to withhold these things, but he's saying, by the Spirit, you will receive them all as you press into me, as you spend more time with me, as you spend more time in the secret place and in the Word, and as you ask me questions, as you journal the responses, I want to take you deeper. And that's what we all want, right? For 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. Did you guys, it's almost like Paul, wait, you're, you're going back and forth. You're saying this, yes, no, yes, no, no. Keep following along. He says, we have received not the spirit of the world, but I've received the spirit who is from God that I might know the things that have been freely given to us by God, freely being given to me by God. You, you know, he wants, to, he wants you to know these things that have been freely given. Isn't he a good God? He freely gives us these things. And then it says, these things we also speak, not in, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. You guys all know them. You know people that, and they're, they may be believers, but they're walking in the natural man, as a natural man. And you start, spread, you start speaking in tongues or you start, you know, um, you know, sharing, you know, about testimonies or ask, you know, say, I want to pray for you, you need healing. And the natural man starts to reject the spiritual that's happening around, right? You guys know there are times like this. You guys know them. You know some of these people. But I'll tell you, that should not be what allows you to shrink back, have doubt, worry, or feel rejected, or, oh, I'm not going to say anything, or whatever. Don't let the fire of God go out. It's your job to keep the fire of God alive. Oh,